This is your host, Tammy Turner, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, imagineers, animators, they've all made their mark on the Disney name. To find out more about the show and other episodes, head to our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Be sure to look below at the show notes in the show more section for links to our Twitter and Facebook pages, including videos and websites mentioned in the following interview. Photos and audio clips that are featured in the show belong to their rightful owners and are used for educational purposes only. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. This week at the Tierra Talk Show, we have a new segment called Cast Member Corner, in which we speak to cast members of the Disney theme parks from around the world. And to kick off our first segment, I would like to welcome the cast of Disney's MGM Studios show, The Spirit of Pocahontas, which premiered at the Premier Theater on June 23, 1995, running until February 24, 1996. Hi, I'm Ellen Sowney-Salen, and I played Pocahontas in the show. Hi, I'm Rick DeJesus, and I played Warrior 7 and Warrior 3 in the show. Hi, I'm Cindy Long, and I played Summer Woman in the show. I'm Renee Romanose. I played Summer Woman along with some terrific people in the Spirit of Pocahontas cast. I played one of the Village Girls Pocahontas friends, uh, Nakoma. Hi, I'm Cindy Hartooni and Ryan, and I played Summer Woman. And hi, Joseph Melendez. I played uh, Warrior and understudied the Storyteller in the show. Yay, so welcome you guys to the show. This is so exciting to have you. Well, thank you, Tammy. We're so excited. I mean, any time that we can all connect, which is rare, but we see each other on Facebook and occasionally in person, it's really, we haven't lost any kind of that special connection that we all have. It was an amazing cast. It was a great group of people to work with. How did each of you become attached to this project? We'll start with Ellen and keep going in that order. So I'm the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> um, <okay>. As usual. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> oh, I do. Um, okay, basically in uh, the winter of 1995, early in the year, uh, Actors' Equity posted a casting notice. And I remember... Um, I was in New York at the time and uh, was living there. I had gone to school there and saw a casting notice on the Actors' Equity Board on 49th Street or, wait, 47th Street maybe, Joseph. And um, I was really excited. I just I – I remember reading the casting notice and thinking, wow, that totally fits me to a T in terms of – uh, the vocal range and the height and the style and what they were looking for. They were doing a 13-city national tour. Um, uh, in addition to New York, they were hitting major cities that also included um, areas where there might be more concentration of Native American population. And uh, that you know was really exciting. I think New York was the first city, so I auditioned there and then eventually had you know uh, several callbacks um, before finding out maybe – in early May or late April of 95 that I had been selected to be one of the two full-time Pocahontas that we had initially started out with. Um, <laughs> it didn't last um, in terms of uh, how things played out, at least going into the opening and for the first several months. But um, it was really exciting. I mean, I, I remember getting, I'm sorry, now I'm kind of like just going off my own little tangent, but I remember seeing um, a clip of 
Pocahontas on the Lion King DVD that was released before Pocahontas came out. And that was the first little snippet that I saw of what the music sounded like and, you know, the rendering of the character. And it just sent chills up my spine because it was amazing music and um, I was just really excited to be a part of it. So that was my story. I wasn't part of the the opening cast. I had seen it. I was already working at the uh, the studios at the time. I, I was fortunate enough to see the show, and I knew that they were casting more people within. And so I tried out for it, and I was very thankful that I got it. I remember sitting and watching the show and watching everybody and just just how they made every character come to life. And I was like, I really want to be part of that. And uh, so when they had the re-auditions for understudies and extras and stuff like that, I, I tried out for it and was very fortunate to, to get into it. And uh, the cast was just amazing how they welcomed everybody in. And, and going in there, I could already tell that they had like this family bond. And I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> you know, I, I, hope I, I hope I fit in. I don't want to be the stepchild here. But everybody just welcomed me in really, I mean, it was just amazing. So that's pretty much my story. I just, I just love everybody. The, the cast, I, I've, I've done quite a few shows, but I can honestly say that I have never had such a great connection with any other cast than I have with this one here, which is why no time seems to pass when we all get together or we all talk. It's like we pick up right where we left before. I was living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And unfortunately, at the time, I was going through a divorce and decided I wanted to do something different with my life. And entertainment was something that I've always enjoyed. So I... Um, I was looking at different uh, avenues, and I happened to be on a phone call with an agent uh, telling her my story, and about the last five minutes of the conversation, she's, she asked if I was Native American, and I said, well, yes, I am. And she said, well, did you know Disney is going to be auditioning in Albuquerque uh, tomorrow? And I was like, well, no. And so I went to the audition and basically walked away going, wow, I, I just in my bones, I just felt like I had it. A couple of weeks later, I get a phone call saying, you've got the job. So a couple of weeks later, me and my son loaded up the car and moved to Florida. It was amazing. It really was. Um, uh, it, was a, uh, it was a lifelong dream that I got to live, and I couldn't have done it with uh, better people. So hi, I'm Renee. I played Summer Woman, and oddly enough, uh, my friends made me go to this audition. I hadn't uh, heard much about it, and I knew every native in Orlando. And so I'm like, what? They're having auditions in Orlando, please. Everybody's here at the powwow. So uh, I was I was all wearing my regalia and everything for a powwow, and my friends made me go to the audition. And I walked in, and I met Michael Hartson there. And I was the only person in full regalia and full attitude. You all know me. <laughs> you know that's true. <laughs> and so um, – and um, anyways, but I went, and, and I met Chase, and he asked me to, you know – come into the audition. I was a few minutes late and there I am carrying 50 pounds of regalia trying to dance contemporary. 
And it was hilarious. And then he comes up to me and he goes, would you feel more comfortable if you changed? And I said, sure. So I went outside and I changed. I came back in. I'd missed, you know, half the choreography. And so then I was just laughing. I'm like, Chase took me in another room afterwards. He's like, oh, can you go change back into your traditional clothing? And all I could think was, this guy can't make up his mind. And uh, <laughs> so so then they they filmed me doing different dance steps and I showed him different dance styles. And we he actually did a very respectful show and consulted with the um, Native people in the cast, and we we got to give cultural input, and it was amazing. It was an amazing time, and it was an unforgettable cast and such such wonderful people. So I'm really glad that I met my friends, badgered me into it, and um, <laughs> I have had never had one single regret for, for that time in my life. Uh, I'm Melinda, and I played um, one of the village girls. Um, I like to say Nakoma because um, that's who I felt closest to as part of the movie. I was still really young, and I was just teaching dance and gymnastics and auditioning for different things. And I thought, well, hey, you know, like Ellen, you know, something um, that was that fit kind of my description as to the type casting and seemed like something that I would really like to do because I, you know, who doesn't want to be a part of Disney, right? I went to the audition and I didn't even expect to get it. And they were really helpful and they helped us move um, across, you know, they helped me move to Florida and it was a really big thing because I had pretty much just graduated high school. You know, everybody was really nice. And, you know, after that, I, I did some work and I was with, you know, other people that got along well, but you know, like everyone was saying, it was something that was more intimate and was more family-like and was more relaxed and just really being a part of something that you just, you know, will never forget. It's It was all just very, just kind of like a dream almost, you know, doing different projects. Um, you know, nothing really ever felt the same. And I really, I really enjoyed the experience. Well, it was a really interesting, very similar to, to, to Ellen's, you know, just saw a call back in the day when, oh, geez, it's so amazing that that was so long ago now. Um, and just went to an open call thinking they were looking for Native Americans. And at the time I had really long hair um, and I went, hey, I look like, like a Native American, so let me do this. I remember auditioning. I sang for them. It was a lot of fun. But the saddest part was immediately after singing, they asked me to dance. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting interesting few minutes um I, by the end of it i was actually dodging the other dancers in the room just kind of getting out of the way before anybody hit me and uh i walked out of the room completely not expecting anything uh did not think i would ever get this and uh a few weeks later yeah, i got the call that i was um, cast and one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. One of the most incredible groups of people that I've ever worked with, and I thankfully have had the, have the opportunity to work with some some wonderful people. But no one comes close to this group. It, 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 they 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 were just never been around a, a, people who just loved truly loved each other as much as this group did. Well, Melinda had mentioned um, it was like a dream. Well, I have to tell you, for me personally, I, I was with the company for 14 years prior to uh, being cast in the show. And for the audition was a dream for me because having done so many shows and parades and uh, street theater, uh, puppeteering, all kinds of for, for entertainment, came to this audition and there were you know hundreds of people and they weeded everyone out who looked Caucasian. 
right off the bat. They didn't even let them audition. They just kind of said, okay, this group here, which were all of the dancers, the world dancers, the, you know, the primo dancers of Disney, they said, thank you, but we won't be seeing you today. And I've never seen anything like that. They've, you know, they've always had kind of the diverse uh, people, the more ethnic people sprinkled in. And for this, it was, we want to see all ethnic people. That's all we want to see. It was great. I went to the audition, um, got videoed, and spent the next year and a half with the best, best people ever doing something that I loved. It was, it was just a beautiful experience with wonderful people and, and four wonderful people. The, uh, Chase, who was our uh, show director, and Ron, our, our choreographer, who changed everything kind of in midstream. Do you guys remember that? We were starting to do like hip-hop stuff. There, Ron kind of came in with this hip-hop peg. And, and, and Chase came in, no, 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 no. We, we just want, we want authentic and, and heartfelt, beautiful movement for this show. And it was just incredible. The finding the right, what was right for our show. Uh, and here at Disneyland... On the West Coast, you know, they had a very different show. This, it was the same music, the same characters, but a completely different show. Very dancey, very not, not quite so heartfelt, but I'm sure they had a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys talk a little bit about your rehearsals for the show? Brutal. Uh, I am Joseph. This is Renee. The two of us were not dancers, and of the two of us, I was the most not dancer. Stop <laughs> it! I you guys were amazing in your patience with me. So you guys um, rocked it. That's Don't how they were for me. me. Oh. <laughs> I think I think beyond like the technical portion, you know, of the the singing and the dancing. And, of course, I don't know every show that, you know, preceded Pocahontas on stage at Disney. But for Disney, our show was a very new concept because it did work with a fully um, – pretty much a fully ethnic cast. Um, we were not sporting around the traditional Disney look. There was, you know, long hair for the men, braids, uh, body, Tattoos. you know, body art. And it was a huge uh, diversion from the typical traditional Disney look. So around the property, um, we definitely stood out. And I think there was a huge amount of sensitivity and uh, fr from the company, but it also created, um, I don't want to say an isolated environment, but it definitely kind of set the cast apart in a way in the very beginning that might have, uh, I don't want to say rubbed other people the wrong way, but some of the other stages, I think they didn't know how to handle us. They're like, oh, it's that cast, that, that crazy cast with long hair and mohawks, you know, <laughs> and Ellen, um, Ellen, you can say it. We were rock stars. Well, I was going to say that next. They had, to, they, had to, they had to stop us from going across campus on during lunch. You guys remember that? Because crowds would right. form around us trying to make it to the lunchroom. Pocahontas in the house and everybody be excited. You all remember that? It was, so it was interesting. Again, we, we broke kind of a bunch of boundaries for, for Disney. Again, the hair, the, the bare-chested, you know, the, the it, it was just... The first time they did it, people weren't used to it. And then just having such a crazy a, group of people. Crazy. <laughs> close, the thing is, I think, I think also the, the closest that, that, that we developed was also, I think, kind of unique to, to all the other casts. I mean, everybody got, they all, everybody got along, but we were, we really were a family. I mean, we did pretty much did everything together, didn't we? 
I mean, yeah, we would yeah. after the shows, we would go out mm-hmm. together. We, mm-hmm. you know, got, we would go to each other's homes and, and you know, play games. All yeah, sorts. we were we were yeah. always together. We were yeah. truly a family. It was not. It was not, you know, just something we said. And again, like most other shows where, you know, everybody says, yes, we love each other, we family. And as soon as the show ends, everybody goes their separate way. It didn't work like that for us. We were always together. We, we just, we were a family. And and that was I hard. Think that, it was a hard mm-hmm. show to close, too. I'm sorry. I don't oh, want to jump on you, Joseph. I know that no, you're no, still please. talking about the, the question was about the rehearsal process. But oh. I mean, when that, when that show closed, it was, and I mean, many of us have done other projects other long, even long running shows. I mean, when I look back and see the length of time that Pocahontas ran for and I see other productions that I have done longer or, you know, have worked with people in New York many multiple times who are very nice people, it still has never reached that kind of, I mean, it was just, when we closed, it was it, it was like saying goodbye to your family, oh gosh, but they yeah. continue to be your family. And uh, it's almost like you don't know how, how it ends. And it doesn't end. It, it keeps going. And I really did enjoy uh, Spirit of Pocahontas, too. I wish they could have kept both shows. I know they moved Beauty and the Beast from where Spirit of Pocahontas was to its own stage. And um, I thought they should have done that with Pocahontas, at least move it to Animal Kingdom. I'm sad that it didn't get to continue as long. Of course, Animal Kingdom wasn't built yet. No, not at the time. Yes. I, I thought they should have brought it back, though, for Animal Kingdom. True. I, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I both- did do that next show there. And, I mean, every time I did that, you know, the smaller Pocahontas show that wasn't Animal Kingdom. This is years later when I left and then came back. It was always – I mean, that was a sweet little show. It was geared more towards the younger audience. But it never had the same – you know, I was talking to a couple of, like, puppets on stage. It doesn't have the same <laughs> kind of uh, – you know, feeling when you're with the whole ensemble. You know, I I really think with the show closing, you know, at the time, the Disney feature films that were being released once a year were were all monumental films at that time. It was like Mermaid and Lion King. And, you know, it seemed like the success and the popularity of those would never end. And actually, with Hunchback, that after that, the music started to change. You know, uh, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, they were no longer writing the music for, for the films. And that is when they started to decline in popularity. And you don't remember a lot of the songs from, like, Hercules or, or some mm-hmm. of the films that followed in the years after that. So there weren't any full stage productions of those following shows after Hunchback. And I think that if if there, that success had continued with subsequent films, you know, ditching Pocahontas at the time would have felt maybe more correct. But I think they thought, you know, we're always going to have this kind of popularity. But, at the t- you know, it, really, that show could have lasted a much longer time because you don't hear anything now about Hercules, you know, in the parks. And people do still wonder about Pocahontas and... I was going to say, it was also before Disney Theatrical. You know, had Disney Theatrical Mm -hmm. been born around that time, there may have been more of a life for it. But, you know, it it, it just, it it was before its time, in a sense. When you have a show that gets gets five standing ovations a day, (laughs) I just don't understand how anybody could go, okay, we're done with this show now. Let's cut the trees down. Bye-bye. Thanks for playing. And people people leaving crying because it was so emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, the cast was, was fantastic, but we do have to give um, Chase a lot of credit. What he did with the script, the adaptation he did from the film to, to our stage show, was nothing short of brilliant. It really was wonderful. It was heartfelt and, 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 and just beautiful. I mean, you, you all, 
we, we knew the show. He, he had a lot to do that. And he had a lot to do with bringing us together and, and, and the relationships that we all formed. I mean, he, he kind of set that um, precedent for us. Was your show the first one to be cut off uh, before the Disneyland and the Disneyland Paris one? Yes, I, I believe it was. I think, I think so. that, yeah. I mean, I I had um, a couple of years, I'm trying to think, it might have been like 1998, I worked out in L.A. for Disney out there doing their Mulan premiere as Pocahontas in the Mulan premiere show. And... Um, the costumes that I used were from the Pocahontas production at Disneyland, and I think it was still running at the time. So that might have run a couple of years. Because um, I did see uh, uh, many videos from that stage production, and it does have differences from yours as well. It's not like each one was the same exact show. I think the Disneyland Paris one is a little bit different as well. Out of curiosity, though, if I remember correctly, wasn't the LA, the Disneyland show, more of a, it was more of a dance show, where ours was more of a singer show. We, we, all, we sang live much were they as as live as we were i think so i'm pretty sure because i i remember the johns oh yes they were because where where once was live and john smith's were live right right no but i'm saying where where we i mean remember we had our even our a lot of our ensemble were singing live i think they were and they just danced a little more (laughs) yeah that's because i just thought they danced more and and, Mm -hmm. because it was a heavier dance show yeah. Can I share a story about Chase real quick? And when he um when we saw the the premiere of the the feature film, um I was not happy. <laughs> and um I remember Melinda was near me and she was being very kind to me. Thank you, Melinda. Um but I was not happy and Chase walked over to me and I said, I don't know if I can be a part of this. And he said, Give me a chance, just give me a chance. Let me show you what my vision is. And he made such an, a great effort to make it real, to make it poignant, um, to make people feel what we as Native people feel. And that was the magic of our show, that not only could he sell that to us, we were able to then sell it to the public and to share that. Not just, I, I think sell is probably a very poor choice of words, but to utilize his inspiration to bring people to their feet five times a day. That's a, an amazing cast led by a terrific director. Amen. We, we all became a very loving, just strung together cast, you know, through thick and thin. There was a lot of blood, sweat and tears, especially in the first couple of months and Amen. immense joy. But it was really, I mean, there were physical injuries. And that is one of the reasons, at least the company was telling us, is one of the reasons why we did close somewhat prematurely was because of the expense of the injuries and they had to revamp the stage and take out the ramp, um, not the, the rake. The, the stage mm-hmm. was highly raked and it was causing a lot of knee and back problems. They had to uh, they had to go in and like revamp the dancing to take out some of the, uh, the stuff that was just causing pain. And uh, th- I mean, at any given time, I'd say six months into the production, I'd say at least 70% of the cast was on stage with an injury. Yeah. Everybody got hurt at some point. It was just, Mm -hmm. um, and it became, I think, very difficult for the company to just try to find subs that were already within the the Disney system to be on call. And we were constantly running um, with less than the amount of people 
that were supposed to be either on stage, maybe not for all five shows a day, but there were always people who were working, you know, double shifts, overtime. They wanted to give me a pager on my days off. I mean, I, you know, it was just... Does everyone remember the day we went on without Pocahontas? Yes, I, I do remember. <laughs> I remember it very well. Wait, how does that happen? It was called Pocahontas Light. I mean, it was... We, had, we literally had at least four different versions that had all different contingencies, not just for rain or if something cut off technically in the middle of the production, but if something happened to a key performer and there was no one there to fill in as a sub, whether it was one of the guys who carried the canoe on stage, you know, we would cut the canoe out. And that's just a minor, Mm -hmm. you know, readjustment. But I mean, I don't know, Tammy, how much you know about some of the the drama with the Pocahontas casting from from the beginning of the production. We were running with a very, very limited amount of people who portraying the role. Um, Most shows that run seven days a week uh, with five shows a day run with two full-time girls in the role of Pocahontas and at least one full-time understudy. And uh, we came in without an understudy and then... During the course of rehearsal, just days before we opened for a press preview, uh, the other full-time Pocahontas was... She quit. She quit. Yeah, she quit. Um, Mm -hmm. She left. And I mean, I remember at the time, I worked for 31 days straight without... I mean, it was... And then I was sick at the end of that. (laughs) And I mean, vocally, it was a really hard show. Um, And this was before, I mean, now when you work at Disney, you get fantastic ear monitors. You can hear yourself. You know, with Pocahontas, it was a bear to sing because they were trying to make the set look very natural. And, you know, for as innovative as Disney is, putting monitors on the stage for singers to hear themselves was like a fight every day. It was like, I can't hear myself. It was, um, you know, I felt like I was screaming on the top of a mountain. So vocally, you're also dealing with like extreme vocal fatigue, and then you don't have the subs. We finally had um, uh, Lena Jacome, who was one of our dancers. She ended up tracking the show, and she became one of our understudies. And then Audrey uh, Talabong Dalio, who is going to be in the next uh, the next set of interviews that you're doing, um, she ended up moving up from the ensemble and being a fantastic full time Pocahontas. So over the course of time. You know, we were able to um, fill out and fatten up kind of the the Pocahontas uh, lead cast girls, but it was still always (laughs) iffy as to whether we were going to get, you know, someone going down. When we had the no Pocahontas, I mean... That was, I think, wasn't that Lena's one of her first shows, and she wound up banging her knees up that she couldn't go on, and that's why we did the show with no Pocahontas because so everyone was hurt. Did somebody like wear Pocahontas's wig and prance around? No, we just didn't talk about. It. We didn't mention Pocahontas. We just <laughs> op- did it the was... opening number. John Smith arrived and then closed. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Well, the storyteller, the storyteller would come out. Pocahontas' father essentially would come out, and you know, I, I guess I mean the cast and colors of the wind, and John Smith came out. It was lame. I mean, you know, <laughs> you spent hundreds, of, hundreds of dollars to bring your family to the park. You know, unfortunately, that's what was happening. You know, and that only happened a few times. But I mean, you know, knowing what I know now, you know, I can see why like that would be a major, you know. Disaster for the company to be like they what they did the Pocahontas show without Pocahontas. I mean, we thought it was hilarious, but I mean, for you know, for for you know the people who run you know who run Disney, I mean, that's a nightmare. So I think all of the drama and 
you know, the casting issues, the stage issues, the um, the health issues, all the injuries. Unfortunately, you know, with with Hunchback kind of coming rolling in, they I think that you know kind of led to an earlier close than any of us would have liked, including I think you know the producers at Disney. I think everyone really felt the show had a lot of heart and would love to have seen it go on. I think they just saw saw the next gig rolling in and thought that might be easier to just move it on out. I was just saying, just it's still. I'm I'm just reveling in how old I am now because I'm going. I still cannot believe that that was 20 years ago. That's crazy. You want to talk it's, about oh, thinking about how old you are? Come on, you're great. <laughs> Come on, Cindy, let's not go there. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> all look exactly That's the like, same now. With my granddaughter. <laughs> yes, it is. So, ladies, wow. did you guys fangirl as much as I did over John Smith? Did uh, we fawn over John? Fawn over John. No. <laughs> John Smith were wonderful. They're great guys. I'm just, I mean, it's hysterical looking at your faces when she asked that question. You're all like, no. Um, we love Mark and Michael. I mean, come on. You know, there, it's, I mean, we're, we are a family completely. I mean, Mark stayed on at Disney and he's still there. And um, I, I see him occasionally and he's just as hilarious as ever. And Michael's doing, uh, he's living in New Orleans, do, trying, you know, still doing the TV film thing. And I think at the time... <laughs> When you know someone so well, you know, you don't you don't see like the the fan you side of the it. You gold see lock you up. see the oh no, that that hair <laughs> extension that they wore the Merkin as we called it. I mean, <laughs> it just becomes, you know, it's hilarious. I mean, you try to hold in the laughter on stage and we had just, you know, like any cast does, you have so many running jokes and ridiculous moments of like choking on you know leaves while you know pocahontas remember that one day i like completely i completely choked on like rose petals (laughs) and it went straight down my throat in the middle colors of the wind and i ran off stage and i was like (laughs) like just completely choking and they put the track on and then i came running out for the last night oh it was ridiculous wonderful part was john smith walking as if pocahontas was guiding him through all the blocking (laughs) it was brilliant I loved it when Audrey played Pocahontas and Mark tried to lean down to kiss her and he got stopped by his fake armor. He was like, (laughs) (laughs) she's still like three feet away. (laughs) (laughs) What an amazing time. So Joseph, did you fangirl over Pocahontas? Joseph, uh, he he found over everyone. Didn't you, Joseph? I remember Joseph picking me up because I fell. Remember, I fell backstage and I was going in and I smashed my knee and you picked me up and you carried me like I was a feather. And I was like the heaviest woman there. And you carried me off to a cart so I could go off to medical. So, so gallant of you. How could I not? Because you were my family. I would do for you what I would do for, for, for my birth family. Did you guys get to keep any mementos from the show? Like a what? Uh-huh. I don't Just know what stars. you're talking about. Uh-huh. They don't. They don't let us keep costume pieces. A memento. Yes. There was a as long as it wasn't the thirty-pound shawl that we had to wear. Oh, no. I, know. I didn't take, that. That I didn't take the costume though. My husband's always like, "Why didn't you get that costume?" <laughs> um, but no, I, I didn't take the costume. My skunk loincloth. No kidding, I didn't keep it. <laughs> I still have my 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 uh, chaps and actually my wig. I still have that. Believe it or not, oh, wow. Wow. I know they. Everything. Yeah, it was just mysteriously 
in my car. So yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's what I had. And my um, Renee, this necklace. Do you remember that, Renee? That you you made me this beaded necklace, and I I, I just still have mine as well. I still I, have mine. I have mine. Yeah. I wear mine too. And and I I just I just cherish that and just. Um, I learned so much um, uh, about the Native Indians and and just the culture and lifestyle. I, I learned I, and I just dove right into it. And it you know like a kid with just his eyes wide open, just learning and taking everything in. The the aspect of of how close we all became the the, the family. I mean, we had a wedding there. We had our our awesome spoof show that was just closed to us and, and a few loved ones that we had that we just had so much fun. And I remembered we we laughed together. There were moments we cried together. We we just we just bonded so much and and I have done quite a few shows after that. And each show that I do, I just go, this is just not the same. I mean the the people were great, but it, the connection I have yet to ever feel a connection with people as I have with the with the cast of the Pocahontas show. So, so let's go on to our Fab Three questions. There, the Donald, Goofy, and Mickey questions, and we'll go back in the order that we did in the beginning. So, the first one is the Donald question. So, as a child, what Disney film would you like to watch over and over again? Oh, jeez. I mean, when I was really little, I'd say you know the classic like Cinderella. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and then out of the the newer Disney films, I still love Beauty and the Beast. Well, I I do. I love our our Pocahontas one. Um, I did like as well The Hunchback of Notre Dame. But growing up, I was was back with Mary Poppins, and I've seen that a hundred times, you know, growing up and then, you know, trying to show that to my kid now which she's like dad are you are you serious <laughs> she's like really dad come on and so what was good for us back in the day the kids are not as crazy about right now so um actually a lot like ellen um you know one of my f- the first shows that i remember watching was cinderella and of course you know being my name is cindy yeah, kind of held a special <laughs> something to my heart. But yes, Cinderella and uh, Snow White um, and actually The Lion King because uh, I, I was a uh, ski instructor and uh, I got to watch that with the little kids every day. <laughs> we didn't have very many. We didn't have very good TV when I was a kid. Uh, we had the standard couple stations, and um, my, uh, to be honest, I didn't have a Disney favorite as a kid. I my favorite was Godzilla Monster Week. <laughs> yes. I agree with that. Renee. See, you guys know I what I'm talking about. I agree with that. <laughs> Pocahontas will always hold a special place in my heart because, um, as a as an anthropologist, as you guys know, I went on and got my master's um, in anthropology yeah. and uh, focused on Native people, past and present. And um, her story is so compelling, and her courage and her strength and I think we showed that I think Ellen showed that and our Pocahontas's Audrey they all showed that through um, their portrayal of her I thought that was really special oh thanks Renee I guess um I don't know when I was younger I kind of 
grew a little weary of all the princess stories. But I think, you know, having a kid, I really got to like Disney, the Disney Pixar stuff. Um, I guess maybe like um, Monsters, Inc. And, and Lion King also, you know. So those are ones that I, I really felt close to just by having a kid, you know. Um, just kind of brought everything to life in a in a different way than than when I was a single person and and with Disney. You know, it just it really makes a difference. As a child, as a child, it was two. It was Lady and the Tramp and Mary Poppins. Those were my yeah. the two that I would just oh, uh, yeah right. constantly always had when I was really young. Always insisted that my sisters or my mom take me to the movies so I can see them whenever whenever I had a chance. Though, absolutely. Oh my God, Joseph, you just scared me because those are my two go-tos. But Mary Poppins would have been if I had a you know VCR <laughs> thrown a movie in. It would have been Mary exactly. Poppins. Um, but Aladdin, of course, for me was oh my gosh, so many memories. But I think uh, and Melinda mentioned Pixar. The and for me, I can watch Nemo over and over <gasps> and over because yeah. I just love it. I love it. It makes me cry every time. Do so. you like the musical? I love the musical in Orlando, too. We opened that show uh, in 07. Yeah. Just, oh, my gosh. It's, it's fantastic. What a, they did such a great job. And now when you watch the movie, you're like, where are the songs? Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't the songs in there? Because they should be. And it's just, it's amazing. Awesome. And I will go on to the goofy question, which is what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Hmm. Anyone else want to go first? I'll pass. What? <laughs> <laughs> What? That was mine. I was thinking I the same thing. Last I, night. It was awesome. I loved isn't her. Isn't that funny? Like, well, that's I the first that. person that came to my mind. I was actually thinking, like, the evil queen. How horrible is that to say? <laughs> <laughs> I said Maleficent. So, Ma. I, it, I went and saw it last night. I loved it. <laughs> oh. I'm going to say Pascal because I love lizards and, I, and he's just, he keeps her on a good and straight and narrow with just little looks and that's all I would need with somebody to talk to and give me some advice. <laughs> Wait, Cindy, did you say you love lizards? Because I remember a lizard story about you. Uh, a, a, a what? I trusted you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is awesome. Well, you guys remember Artemis, don't you? I had, I had an iguana yeah, right. when I was in Orlando. I remember that. But, but the, I trusted you. That wasn't, oh, Renee, that, that is so tragic, funny that, that you remember. That was a tragic lizard story. Oh, my God, it was very tragic. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> um, Disney character, it would be like Baloo. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Just that whole, like, Papa Bear image, just kind of relaxing and just, hey, let's do this. It's bare necessity time. So. Oh. <laughs> I would relate to that one. I would have to say, I, I like, I kind of like the Maleficent thing, you know, honestly. For a lot of drama, you know? She's misunderstood. She's been misunderstood. <laughs> um, I'd probably say all of the seven dwarfs, actually. Oh, she's still white. <laughs> Not just one, but all of them. <laughs> Probably have uh, Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story as my buddy. <laughs> Aww. 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 Yeah, that's just cute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See. <laughs> and now on to our final question, which is the Mickey one. So, if I asked you guys to name any Disney song not Pocahontas related at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? I. <laughs> 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 the beautiful stylings of Joseph. 
That's literally what came to mind, though. <laughs> my daughter, I have my daughter just turned six years old, and we have been listening to Frozen. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And you know what? The music is brilliant. It's gorgeous. The entire score, all of, like, the background, you know, scoring is incredible. The orchestrations. So, yeah, I mean, for the first time in forever, I, I mean... We sing it all day. <laughs> I know. Um, it's, a, it's really a wonderful score. My grandbaby, I, I mean, that's all she, she just loves. She wants to look at it on the iPad and, you know, that's her way. <laughs> let it, she'll go, let go. <laughs> so Frozen is just, yeah, that's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful. And it's so great to see, you know, Disney movies inspiring, you know, kids to sing. And it's just, um, yes. it's really wonderful to see the success of Frozen. Not that there haven't been others since Pocahontas, you know, but just, it's really, uh, it's incredible to see the next generation, you know, living that Disney magic because it, it really is, especially when you see it through the eyes of, of children, it really is, uh, it, it becomes something different. Disney through the eyes of children is, it's just, um, it's, wonderful. it's magic. Yeah. On, our, on our cruise, one of our cruise ships, we had, uh, I don't know if it's still running that particular show, but um, Chris Montan, the president of Disney Music, had revamped I've Got No Strings uh, from Pinocchio. Ooh. And it is just this incredible version that has like sh- just a shot in the arm, put this dynamic that is it's so great it's so now it's really hip and so much fun and the choreography that the puppet the, the people you know the dancers do um as as puppets is fantastic and so whenever somebody asks me that you know kind of a song question i'm like that because that song is always in my head because it's just so cool it's it's old school but it's new school because he made it you know he just wow. redid it and it was like oh my gosh it's fantastic I think I'd have to go with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's not a Disney movie! My favorite childhood song. I would would go with with Out There from the uh, Hunchback when he's singing Out There. I love that song. That that one I just relate to so much, especially after, I mean, I, I heard it. And as weird as it is, is that I can I can see me doing that in the sense of whenever there's a challenge. I just want one chance to do it. I mean, I had no idea if I would make this cast here. And I, I know this uh, Hunchback was after this, but and a lot of other things, I don't, I don't hesitate. I'm like, you know, I'm going to take this chance and just do it. If just give me one chance, if I blow it, okay, I blow it. But I will not be the guy that's in the back going, well, what if I would have done it? So it, it, it kind of always pushed me to say, just try it. If you have one chance, just just one chance, just take it. Can I just say one thing on the heels of what he was saying? Out of any show that I've done, I mean, I've been, you know, we've all been in different productions or, you know, different jobs in our lives where, you know, y- you connect with people. And we've been saying we're so connected. But I have to say, I don't ever remember being on stage and looking around and thinking that anyone was marking their performance. I really feel like when I look back, I feel like everyone was always maybe not doing it full out to the max with jazz hands, but but always engaged. I don't remember anyone in our cast ever getting on stage and like taking it for granted or being annoyed, you know, like, oh, this, you know, I'm back again. Or Everyone really enjoyed being there. Even, you know, there's exhaustion and there's injuries and, and whatnot. But, you know, 
it, on any level of performing, you know, even if you're doing a Broadway or a national tour, you're going to get people who, you know, you get, you know, you phone in the performance, you're, you end up marking it. If you think you're in the back, and you're not being seen. I mean, th- that happens everywhere. And I can't say that I ever remember that ever happening on stage because I think we knew, especially, you know, as we were, you know, countdown to the end, how precious those 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 shows were in that time in our in our in our lives. And, you know, at the time, none of us, I don't think, ever knew that this would be so monumental in our lives and in our careers. Um, but I, I, I know that um, I didn't take it for granted. And I can I can just say, like, looking around at everyone's face, you know, when I wasn't on stage, everyone just really kept honest to you know, what we were trying to portray and really supported one another while we were on stage. I think that's because uh, it was such agree. a heartfelt show. I was just thinking that. I was I thinking think so. that it was such a, an important message that we were putting forth. It was so different from everything else that we were, that, that, that felt like was being said. And again, not to take anything away from any other show that Disney had, but at the time, it was so different. And the message mm-hmm. was so important and, and so needed to be said, put out there that you couldn't take it for granted. Yeah, what Rick said earlier, and I just kind of wanted to say this because I was thinking it when they were talking a little bit of, about some stuff earlier, was that I did really enjoy the fact that we, you know, that Disney kind of got you know, a lot of help from, you know, the Native American console and really learned a lot and gained a lot of respect for the culture. And that's one thing that um, that I really took away from the show. Some amazing moments how we all supported ourselves, uh, each other, was unbelievable. I mean, um, and we had all kinds of relationships in there. It was like brother, sister, mother, father, friends, this and this and that. But it it all just kind of meshed together how we treated one another. I remember I I started out as Warrior 7, who who does the turkey in there. And I'm like, okay, I got to play a turkey. And that was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how am I going to pull this off? But it seemed my, to come my natural mo- to you. It did. Look at that. I, I was like, well, I, I eat turkey. It totally ruined Thanksgiving for me, by the way. I, I just never feel the same. The most challenging part was was Warrior 3. And that's that's the warrior that, that bashes um, or is going to bash John Smith at the very end, just before Pocahontas dives in and stops it. And, and I remember the director talking to me and trying to – I'm, I'm working through this, and, and each time I was running through it, he's like, you, you, the emotion's not there. You're doing the action, but the emotion's not there. And he kind of breaks it down to me and saying, these are your people, you know, and I could relate to that. And he's like, these are your people. And he goes, if you stop this one person right here, all your people will be saved. Uh, you, you'll save everyone if you do this action. And the energy of the stage is starting to build. And... Pocahontas is supposed to dive in there and stop me. And in her face, in her looks, and how she does everything, it, it makes me realize that I, I was kind of like following the wrong thing. I, I, I misunderstood everything. And she made it so clear to, by just her emotions. The buildup of the, of the, the whole scene, and, and, I, and I can feel it, and we're running around and running around on the stage, and it's, it's getting to the point where I have to bash him, basically. And, and we put John Smith on the rock, and I, lift the, and I lift that hammer, that club, and I'm coming down with literally 
everything I got. And, and it took everything to hold it back as well. And I did it. And I look over and I see Cindy, Cindy Hartuni. And, and you look at me and you just start crying. And after the show, she hugged me and she was like, that was incredible. And the emotion, I was trying to, to project that. And it, it just, man, I'm getting misty eyed right now. But it was, Rick, it I just was got like, chills because I remember that. It was something, and that's how we supported each other. So it was, it was a great, great experience. It's a very emotional show, and it has a, f- a wonderful message, and I'm very sad that it did not continue from what it was, but you, there are so many copies of the show on YouTube, and I love watching each and every one because everyone is different. There's such a unique performance about each one, each Pocahontas, each John Smith, each member of the cast who is on stage, and it flows so well, and it's just amazing to talk to you all. So thank you so much, Ellen, Rick, Cindy, Renee, Melinda, Joseph, and Cindy for coming on the show. Listeners, please take a look at the Spirit of Pocahontas show. As I mentioned, it is on YouTube. There's several copies, ones from Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and Disney World. Look for the Disney World ones because you might find some of these members of the cast in that. Before we head out to the Riverbend, I would like each and every one of you to tell me a word that comes to mind when I say the spirit of Pocahontas. Oh, come on now. Wingapo. <laughs> love. Endless love for everybody. Just wow. I would say family. It's going to be family for me as well. Um, well, wow was going to be mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really that's really all I think. And, and looking at everybody now, it's just the same thing. And, and wow. Big hugs. 